All right, welcome to that meddlesome jerk. Uh, I'm your host, Joe. Before we kick off the episode, I just wanted to talk about a couple things. Um, First has nothing to do with the interview, but it's just something that was on my mind, and I want to share it, because why not? So I was washing dishes just couple moments ago and I was listening to a playlist that I had made and the song Poison by Belle Boo DeVoe pops up. Now I've heard that song countless amounts of times and for whatever reason the lyric just decided to stick out today. Like I I think I've known that it was there it's just maybe I've never paid attention whatever you want to say. So I'm washing dishes and I hear the line, I know she's a loser. How do you know? Me and the crew used to do her. And I kind of stopped and and thought about it. I was like, I know that's supposed to be kind of a, a slight against the young lady, but I, that is such a diss to yourself. Like, she's a loser. How do you know, man? Because she let us put her our dicks in her. Only a loser would subject themselves to that kind of humiliation. Have you seen us? We're disgusting. It's such a weird fucking line and it bothers me. The rest of the song is fine. Most of the lyrics are kind of nonsense, but whatever. Uh, so I just had to get that off my... I had to get that off my chest. It was weighing on me for mere minutes. So, today's episode is with Kurt. He is a friend of mine. He is also a musician who has been performing under the name Enslaved by Vegetables. He goes by a couple other names, but that's his main moniker. He's got some stuff up on Bandcamp under Enslaved by Vegetables if you want to go check it out. He's been doing it for a long time. He's a lot of kind of like... Pink Floydish, spacey stuff, and some more rock, some more blues, kind of punk, um, some electronic. He kind of goes all over the place. He kind of does whatever he wants. It's his, it's his way to work through stuff, as you'll hear in the the podcast. So, I've been friends with Kurt for a long time, and so I'm surprised that we got it as focused as we did. We went in with the intention to talk about anxiety because he suffers from it greatly. Uh, I have had it for majority of my life and suffered from it. And so we wanted to get it out there, talk about it. Um, we go off on weird side tangents and stuff, but like I said, I'm just happy that we focused long enough But before the interview starts, uh, I just want to throw out there that I myself have suffered from anxiety for a long time. And when I first started getting it, I didn't know anyone else who had it. I was convinced that something was wrong with me. Like, I didn't even know the word. Like, I didn't know anxiety attacks. I didn't know panic attacks. I didn't... These weren't in my vernacular. There wasn't something that was talked about by my parents, on TV. It was just... 
And if it was, I didn't pay it. Like I didn't hear it on TV. I didn't hear people talking about anxiety attacks. Like it's way more of a common thing now. It's way more out in the open and I'm glad it is. Um, so when I first started having them, I thought that I was going through it alone and I thought something was wrong with me. And I thought that I was going crazy. I thought I was dying, uh, all the bad stuff. And then eventually, um, I met someone who was going through the same thing and we, we started talking about it and she told me her story of how she was raised in a really religious household and her mom would lock her in closets and all sorts of, and anytime that she would start having a panic attack, her mom would get mad at her and hit her and lock her in a closet. And so just horrible, horrible stuff. Now, Once I discovered that there was another person out there, like there was this huge weight off my like chest. It was just, oh, I'm not alone. This isn't just me. It's kind of like that first, you know, the first time you see um, a family more fucked up than yours and you're like, oh, I'm not alone. And then you see another messed up one and then another, another. And you're like, okay, there's plenty of us. In fact, I'm not so bad. And so that's kind of how it was for my journey. I, I met her and then I started meeting other people. I've, I've had friends who have shared their stories with me and then it made me feel better. And then we have a, like a support group and anytime, not like an actual support group, but they're my friends. And, and so when I'm feeling anxious and I am going through something, I could talk to them and they can get my mind off of it and try to help me and then vice versa. So that's how it's been with me and Kurt. We have been each other's kind of like there for each other when, when one of us is not having the best of time and mentally. And you know, I'll be the first to admit this, and I think it's because we've been friends for so long, but of the majority of my friends, I've been the roughest with Kurt. I mean, to his face, to our over text, like I just kind of real rough housing when it comes to messing around and, 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 you know, kind of joking around and saying mean things. Um, and sometimes like I feel like maybe I go too far and I've tr- I've tried to rein it back a bit but because uh, I mean I don't want to hurt like I, I don't want him to think that I dislike him or anything because it's not the case at all and so but when it comes to his anxiety I've I've tried at least I maybe I've failed him I don't know. He's never said it to me, at least. Um, I try to be there. I try to be uh, a shoulder that he can, hey, like, you know, lean on. And if he needs to just speak his piece and be like, here, this is what's going on. Let me just get it all out of my system. I'll listen. If he needs me to intervene and kind of get his mind off of something, and because he's done that for me when I'm having anxiety attacks, be like, hey, what's it? Um, Let's talk about albums. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. So 
I've had my own long journey with it, uh, as well as him, and I'm glad that we can talk with each other about it. And my anxiety story is way too long for an intro, and the podcast, the, the interview itself is already a little long, and so I don't want to tack on something crazy long, uh, but I just want to throw it out there of that, you know, there's nothing wrong with getting help. Don't suffer alone, you know? And it's, I'm not saying anything new. I think everybody kind of knows now. But hopefully um, this, you know, some of the stories will make you laugh. And hopefully it will entertain you. And, and just know that um, there's, there's people out there who are going through the same thing. We're all going through our own journeys, you know, or sometimes they're nightmares, but hopefully you have a friend who you can turn to, you know, because it's never like most of us turn to drugs and alcohol and that never solves the case. Never, 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 never. Um, I talk about different ways to help in the podcast and we'll get to that right now. Um, So yeah, I hope you enjoy it, and I will do a separate one on my journey through it. It's all classical, and it's, uh, yeah, classical and soundtracks and foreign film soundtracks, like, uh, Nina Rota, the film score person who did all the, uh, uh, film scoring for, uh. Fellini movies and all this stuff like that. So yeah. And I got Dune soundtrack. And, and I just uh, bought the Dune movie. Um, God, what else did I, I have? I still haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Oh, well, it's, it's long. Oh, the new... Uh, I know they're making a new one. And it's not a new one. Good. The, the Kyle... Like, the Kyle David, Lachlan, David Lynch. Yeah. David Lynch-ish. He, he really didn't like what they did to the afterwards, but uh, it still has his touch and his quality, so it's still a David Lynch film, regardless of what he says about it but yeah that was given to me for free he bought it he moved in someplace in new york and the last owner was a doctor and they go oh we're, we're gonna probably throw those out there's nothing he's like i'll buy them off you i was like all right 20 bucks <laughs> that's probably like a couple hundred dollars worth of vinyls in that one yeah and the other two uh squares there given to me by not given to me i bought them for 40 bucks oh yeah thanks that's what we want sure. you know and um uh, ooh, front pocket too I got ball sweat gum nice mm-hmm. and the back pocket would be better yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so um, those are a bunch of old fucking rock records like Zeppelin and Floyd and um, L.O.R. and shit like that and that first square is pretty much the shit that I had bought myself over the years mm-hmm. kind of speakers you got Two speakers right there. Not what kind? Oh, I don't know, but they're actually really good. I mean, for here. And it sounds better in that little cube, because it has a little bit of a subwoofer feel to it with the bass. Actually, if, I, if I'm playing this and I go in my bedroom, my wall, wall, it sounds like <clears throat> all distorted because the bass is too heavy. Do you have a sub? No. 
Well, actually, that has a built-in subwoofer. See that bottom little, the bottom little speakers, bottom little air hole thing. I think it's a subwoofer thing, isn't it? Mm. No, no. I mean, you can use those without yeah. subwoofers. Use like a lot of them. You don't have to have them. They're they're fine without yeah. them. I, I have a subwoofer. And I've tried to listen to like I have a, like a little sound system at home. <coughs> And I've tried to listen to music through them, and it's it's too much. I probably could adjust it somehow, but I don't want to. Yeah, but those actually sound good. Those speakers were, I think, were only like forty bucks, compared to some other speakers that you could get like really, and they're heavy too. They're the wood is actually quite heavy, and yeah, they're not cheap feeling at all. Um, which I dug, and you can control the bass and treble. On the side. On the side there, yeah. So it was a pretty easy setup, and that. Uh, player actually is only like a hundred and thirty bucks or something like that. Maybe, maybe one hundred fifty. I can't remember. So it's not an expensive player. But I don't. Oh, yeah, I don't audio, need an expensive players. I don't audio have tech. Yeah, the kind of stuff you buy at um, like Best Buy or yeah, Borders Bookstore and shit like that. Yeah, I mean that's kind of a like the average. They're kind of like the I don't know, beginners what? model. <laughs> kind of like you can they're they're everywhere like you can kind of get them in any store yeah uh, and and I, I, I mean they're I, I not looked. cheap they're not cheap I looked I seen I seen some for like fucking uh, yeah they're about like over 2000 and, and up and 1500 I'm like no I don't need all that because I don't have the best quality sound system anyway you know maybe someday if I ever you know get my own house somewhere and you know I have my own room to myself type of thing yeah I could probably you know upgrade do stuff like that if I wanted I don't feel though right now, that fun. like the actual player uh, matters much. I think. I don't know the needle. Uh, well, uh, I think the speakers and the sound system, you know, qualifies. But this, the, the cheaper models like this, will probably eventually wear and tear easier. You know, because they're not put together like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you want to get like a decent one, but I know that it really comes down to the speakers and then the wires. Because I know that's like really important when it comes to audio for TV. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you're like paying a bunch of money, like cable, like you gotta buy expensive cables, and man, cables can get really expensive. It can be like, uh, you know, eight hundred bucks for a fucking cable. I like my setup though, man. <clears throat> I usually have my friend come over like uh, on certain nights. Uh, she and I just kind of hang out, <clears throat> and uh, she smokes her stupid, uh, uh, what do you call those things? Freaking, I don't, I don't know, anything you smoke is stupid. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, no. the, vape, the vape? Yeah, she vapes, and it's annoying. Um, I hate like vapes. Like I, hate, I hate vape. Yeah, it's like a robot dick. I swear to you, they're sucking robot cock, always, you know. And uh, Yeah, so I always hated that. I was like, that's dumb. It, know, but, it, but it smells good, I admit. Some, no, some no, yeah, it smells like, good. Like... I, I've had friends who like will ask if they can you know smoke in the car, and I'll tell them like yeah it's fine roll down the windows because it doesn't leave a strong enough scent like cigarettes. Oh yeah. If you smoke one cigarette, that's your car is gonna reek of cigarettes for a long time. Yeah. There's no hiding it. My neighbor he smokes cigarettes and he vapes, but sometimes he's out smoking a cigarette. Sometimes he's out just vaping. And I was like washing dishes the other day and just thinking. Like, how does he decide? Like, is it one of those things of I just don't have money and I'll just vape, or 
because I, I don't know how much like the cartridges cost or I don't even know what goes into it honestly I just see people do it uh, but yeah it's like what because I have another friend who smokes and vapes I just like, I don't understand <laughs> yeah like what what makes you choose of like oh, I'd rather vape or I'd rather smoke a cigarette it's like double fisting wine and beer at the same you know hey how you doing it's just like I like both tastes I like both yeah. flavors and they both get me to the same place I don't know. I don't vape. I don't like any kind of smoke. My lungs never could do smoke. So I never smoked pot and all that kind of stuff. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, um, you know, some one of our neighbors before, yeah, they used to smoke a lot. And I used to be in the room play, while he played video games and smoke all the time. And I'm like, God, you know, I'd have to, I'd have to leave because yeah. <laughs> I couldn't stand the smell. I just have bad lungs, man. I always had. It's probably where I got my sleep apnea. Sleep apnea sucks, by the way. Never get any rest. I don't use that mask. I just simply cannot use that mask. I've Uncomfortable, tried. yeah. Dude, I've tried so many times. I've went through four different masks. Even when they test me, when they test you, it's like when you're in the hospital, they have those little tiny little plastic tubes through your nose and around your head, really light, you can't even feel it. That's what they test you with. And they said, the first I did, I fell asleep, but they said the first hour of sleep, I tossed and turned a bunch of times and I ripped it off my face. Oh, uh, yeah, So yeah. they couldn't really get it accurate reading you know but they did say in that one hour that i fell asleep i probably stopped reading like 10 times huh. and they said deeper rim you are gonna probably experience more you know rapid uh, uh loss of breath and you know because basically all it is is your your breathing tubes whatever they just relax right and they, yeah. just, and they close and then obviously you're choking dying so your whole body jolts and saves itself wakes it up so it's bad for your heart, lungs, and it causes strokes. It causes yeah, high blood say, pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know, yeah, okay. It causes a lot of things. Yeah, it's horrible. And so I'm always tired throughout the day. And like I said, every mask I've ever tried, I, I could never sleep. Never sleep with them. I just freak out anything around my face. And I, I not once. I tried it for like six, seven months straight. And I do. then I gave up. Then I tried another time. Then I gave up and I tried another time. So I just ended up throwing the machine away. When I moved, I'm like, no, I don't need this. I'm not ever going to use it. Yeah. It was pissing me off. So. I don't think, because I, I know a couple people who have it, and I don't, yourself included, but like, I, I don't know anyone who's ever used it. Yeah. Like, they, they all kind of say the same thing of it, it's uncomfortable, they can't sleep, and I don't know how I would deal with it. So, yeah, it, it's no fun, especially when you're trying to work, and like, too much caffeine, I try to stay away from, because too much caffeine literally gives me, like, anxiety, just the feeling of... Energy makes me nervous. <laughs> yeah, I'm, <laughs> so I'm like, the same way. Yeah, I don't like any, too much caffeine, you know. Um, I could take, like, uh, you know, some Excedrin that has actually caffeine in it and stuff, 75 milligrams of caffeine. And uh, basically, like, a cup of coffee. But anything more than that throughout the day, I get jittery and I don't like it. And it keeps, you know, it doesn't really keep me up. Caffeine actually puts me to sleep. I, I can fall asleep with it, you know. But, uh, yeah, because one time I had way too much caffeine. This is where... This is where I think my anxiety started. I was, uh, I had way too much caffeine one day, and because of sleep apnea, I just had to get through work. I was, yeah. I was doing the 3 a.m. shift, so I had to wake up at 3 a.m. and go in and work. So I was exhausted, and like, uh, I remember taking um, a lot of like Red Bulls, right? And they had these little dissolvents, these almost like, um, like a breath mint type thing you put on your tongue and it dissolves, and it was like a jolt of caffeine, uh-huh. right? I think I can't remember how the percentage of caffeine. Anyway, I was on um, at work and I wasn't even uh, paying attention. I just grabbed the uh, the dissolvents of uh, caffeine and I pull it out. I think I pulled like 
more than one, like two or three, and I yeah, put them yeah, all on yeah. my tongue. And all of a sudden, I'm working in the back of my legs, my arms, my neck just started tensing up and sweating, and I was like shaky, and I'm like, oh, God, and I went home. I think you remember this night, because I think I was telling you about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was shaking. I was all nervous. I was like, what the hell's going on? And I get home, and I couldn't sleep. I was freaking out. I thought I was having a heart attack or something. And yeah. I called, and I was telling the, I called the doctor, you know, and they said, well, yeah, I think you should go to the you know, emergency room or whatever, you know. I knew the ambulance. Well, first of all, if, if you're having a heart attack, you can't drive. We're gonna you're, not an spo- you're not yeah. supposed to. Yeah. Because and, you can die and, on the road. Yeah, and hurt like, somebody uh, else, put else in the Well, I mean, they, they tell you not to do it. Yeah. Uh, it, it's advised because of, of those reasons, but you can. But and no one's going to stop you. I still didn't think I was going to have a heart attack at age, what, I think it's probably 34 or 32 at the time. Yeah. And uh, so I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll be fine. And then, like, uh, I go, no, I have my, my roommate's going to drive me, you know, and, uh, which he wasn't. And so I, I just drove myself. And it was, like, 1 in the morning, maybe, almost midnight, a little after midnight, I just remember. And, like, uh, I get there. And I was, like, nervous. I couldn't. I was freaking out. They hooked me up. on just did all the blood tests. And, you know, basically said you overindulged in uh, mm-hmm. caffeine. And it was uh, giving me an anxiety attack, you know. And uh, and he also told me that uh, yeah, ang- uh, caffeine a lot of times does trigger people with anxiety. You know, it does trigger, I guess. But then he did tell me that uh, even a twenty-some-year-old was in here last week for the same thing. He said, you know, if like dude, I can imagine at twenty, what, what kind of energy don't you have at age twenty that you need that much caffeine in? You know, like I mean, you when look you were at twenty, that. were you like, oh, I was all energetic and ready to go, ready to do things. Yeah, but I still drank caffeine because that's yeah. just what you did. Yeah, you're like I'm not energetic enough. <laughs> I need to be like the Flash. It wasn't until I started, I guess, um, not knowing that I uh, had sleep apnea. It wasn't that until I started doing more caffeine. I was like, ah, oh, I'm tired. I just need. I don't know why I'm dragging ass, you know. Uh, then I had my girlfriend when she was like telling me that I snored. <laughs> and then sometimes when she hear me snore, I would stop snoring. She's like, oh, thank God. And I was like, and I, I like, wake up again. And that was me just stop. That was me slowly killing myself. I think, I think, <laughs> I think teenagers, kind of going back, I think teenagers do it more for the buzz. Yeah. No, I like, remember uh, that great then, feeling. Then, then like, oh, I'm tired. It's like, I'm going to chug a bunch of Mountain Dew and be like wired. And, yeah. I mean, there's times when you're you know, trying to stay up all night or I feel like I, any I never had a problem staying up all night without caffeine. There, there was a point where it maybe like six, seven AM where I'm like, all right, I'm crashing. And if I still need to stay awake now, I'll start drinking something. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like, I, I think that was it. Let me ask you this though. And, uh, now that we're a little bit older, isn't it sometimes fun to go to bed early? Like, early for me is, like, basically midnight, right? That's early. Because I get home from work around 11. Yeah. You know, so, like, I don't stay up until 4 in the morning like most of my coworkers do. Uh, because I love to get things done early in the morning. And now that I'm older, I swear to God, I wake up early. Like, for when, no reason, I'll 7, 7 a.m., I'll just wake up. When I have to wake up early, <laughs> I equate it to, like, or not when I have to wake up early. If I have to stay up late, it's kind of like community service or waiting at the... De- like, I am the biggest baby about it. I'm like, oh, God, I have to stay it. If... Because I have... Uh, for, is there a second one? Is that the brother <laughs> oh, man, he was they, looking they're, for? They're nonstop um, working on the lawns out there today. Uh, Good lawnmower God. Guy. Yeah. I thought I was it's safe. like a straight story, like you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> he just drives by in his riding lawnmower. Back and forth. I don't see any grass anywhere. He, but he was just it. going on the street. There was not, yeah. 
Yeah, I think he just likes to blow the dust around in the leaves that they raked all over the place. You know, which is fine because they do have a street sweeper. Is he on a machine or is he... No, he's on the blow... The, the thing blower? That, yeah, the blower. Of course he is. And now he's sitting down and having a sandwich in front of your place. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Probably. That's what they do. I'm just going to leave this on while I eat. It comforts me. He's blowing the lettuce off. The <laughs> His wife made sure he put on. She put on there. To... <laughs> okay, now he's done. Now he's done. I get No, now he's looking through a window. Oh, yeah. That's kind of creepy. <laughs> this is all fascinating podcasting right here. Yeah. Watching the leaf blower. <laughs> It's more interesting than what I'm saying. Uh, oh yeah, but but yeah, man, I, I I hate staying up. I hate staying up late. Though I hate going to bed early. I like laying in bed early, but because I know I don't sleep very long. So if I go to sleep early, like say I'm like really tired and I go to bed at nine thirty, I will be up and awake at five. Yeah, no reason. And then, but that makes me just as angry as staying up late. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know, like, right? Like, my day's off. I swear to God, I'll, I'll get home from work. You know, I like, sweet, man, I got tomorrow off. I'm going to stay up a little bit later. And I, you know, I write songs and music and I record stuff on my computer or anything, my guitar. And, uh, you know, I'll, like, maybe have a couple glasses of wine or beer or whatever. And I get relaxed and I get tired. Right. And I fall asleep. And for some reason, I'll, I'll go to bed much later and I'll wake up much earlier. I wake up at 4.38 in the morning for no reason. And then all of a sudden around 7 or 8 o'clock, I get tired again to sleep until noon. Yeah, I, I mean, I do that. Waste the day. Say, I, I hate doing that. Like, I like taking naps, but then uh, my whole days, I feel like I'm just tired and I want to take more naps. I wish I could take naps. I have a hard time taking naps. I have a I hard time. Awesome turn. I have a hard time taking naps too. Uh, well, at least not long naps. My naps are usually I fall asleep. I'll like lay in bed, put on the office or whatever show I'm watching, and then I'll fall asleep. But generally. I'll wake up to the same episode, and then that makes me mad too because I'm like, God damn it! I was only sleep, and then I'm just wide awake again. I'm like, if I if I have a short nap, it's it's. I mean, it's fine. I just have that mentality of like I need to sleep for X amount of hours, or like if I go to bed at midnight, I need to wake up at noon, and if not, but I mean that's twelve hours. That's insane. Yeah, I can't sleep past six hours as much as I can sleep. Yeah, and I mean, I try to, I try to, because like this morning, I woke up, I went to bed at like 10, and then woke up, I, I've been waking up every morning on the dot at 5am to pee, it didn't, has yet to fail, like I wake up, and I get mad, because like sometimes I'll be laying in bed, and I'm like, I guess, like, and I'll, I'll feel like I've been laying there for a long time, and then I finally get up, and I look at the clock, and it's like, five. Son of a bitch. <laughs> You're all shaking your dick at the toilet. You can't fucking stop it right now. <laughs> but, but like, um, so, but like, if I fell asleep at like, let's just say I fell asleep at 10 o'clock, which I didn't, at probably 1030. But even then, it's still six and a half hours because like from 10 to five, that's seven hours. That's like, that's yeah. a good amount of sleep. Seven hours is awesome for me. Six hours is about the, my span normal. And five is pretty predictable. Yeah. But, um, 
Oh, there's been times I just wake up three, four hours after sleep, and I'm like, why am I awake? And I realize that I'm like, oh, shit. I had, a, I had a, a couple glasses of wine, right? And that has sugar in it, and probably wake me up and get, you know, whatever. Just had to give me energy or something. That's why I'm, I'm assuming it is. It could be, you know? Yeah. Uh, I did also this thing where I just recently uh, deleted Facebook, so that's a good thing. But, like, um, uh, although I still have my messenger open because I still get people. Coming, yeah, yeah. You know? But, like, uh, anyway, uh, I... I read where if you if you best for the best sleep is turn off your phone at night and sometimes plug it in the kitchen just leave it charged in the yeah. kitchen off because when you're lying next to your bed and you're sleeping I guess something in your mind while you're even you can't relax you're always thinking like I got I got to connect I got to see what's going on and I got to see what my friends are doing blah 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 and that so the first thing you do is you wake up you pick up your phone and look at some social media and all yeah, yeah. and it's like that's that seems unnecessary and unhealthy so I've been just t- turning off my phone at night and uh, just crashing out like out of sight out of mind my, I get better rest I think that way yeah I think um, I think that that definitely happened to me it doesn't happen to me anymore I can like wait. you don't care you don't care about social media that much anymore. I don't give a shit yeah I remember yeah I, I, my, my main thing right now is maybe Instagram that's about all I really do you know yeah I, I do I do Instagram that's about it uh but, I don't even think uh, you post. You post like once a year, and that's usually your son and you eating. Or something like that. Pretty much, like the <laughs> the only reason I post is uh, I have to tell myself to, yeah. because I'm so used to not doing it. Because like for a while, I remember starting on Instagram when it first started. Uh, I remember seeing the app and it was like, oh, what's this? I'm like, you're just taking pictures. That's weird. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to share my thoughts. I don't care about that. <laughs> and so. It took me a while to get used to it, but then I got—I really got into it for a while, but then it's the normal kind of case with a lot of social media where you're like, oh, I am sharing this picture. I think it's really cool, but two people liked it. Yeah. And then now I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't care. Nah. Maybe should two people liked it. I don't. Um, but, but back then when it was kind of new-ish, like, of course I cared about how many likes I got, how many... You know, on Facebook or Instagram, and and like most people, I mean, people do. Otherwise, why even be on there? If you, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, So I mean, so, uh, but then after that, then I like I got off, and then I got back on, and then it was like really boring, and people just kept posting the same things over and over, and I just got tired, and like people started dropping off, and it was only like a handful of people who were. posting the same things and this kind of happened with facebook too where it's just like people fell off and then it was just like the same people posting the exact same memes over and over again please tell me that i already that i already saw on reddit (laughs) like four months prior and so so i got off but with with instagram specifically i i stayed off of it for so long and then went back on it because people started picking up like people at work or my friends would be like asking if i was on it or you know and so I got back on, and now it's way more active than it used to be, but I'm still in the mind frame of, like, it's not part of my brain anymore to be like, oh, I should take a picture of this. Because I'm like, what do I need to take a picture for? I'm seeing it. Like, yeah. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Let's like, create memories that really didn't happen. So that's what I have to do now is... <laughs> that's I, what I hate about the photos when, when, when you got, like, freaking, uh, like, a group of people, and you go, all right, I'm take a picture, and all of a sudden they all start posing and go, yeah, screaming. I'm like, why'd you, why'd you do that? Because I was going to take a picture... Of the moment you were actually having, this moment yeah, yeah, didn't yeah. really happen. I've, I've, <laughs> seen, I've seen that. I've seen that before when I, I worked. Hated that. When I worked at the museum, fakers. At, um, I would see that all the time. 
kids like just walking around being like normal and then all of a sudden it's we're taking a picture and, yeah. and then back to being just normal you yeah. would see that all the time and it's creating memories that never happened you know <laughs> yeah kind of i mean i feel though most of social media is kind of living a life that's not real <laughs> well of course Remember that one time a couple a, years back when we raised our hands and yelled real loud for 30 <laughs> seconds? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was amazing. I'm glad we captured that moment. I mean, one, I know one thing, like, uh, that I don't ever do anymore that I used to, I remember, like, taking video of concerts and being like, all right. And then now yeah. I don't take them at all because, one, I never watch them on my phone. And, two, no one wants to hear blown out sounds yeah. of, like, Who's that? Dude, I used to piss off all, everyone when I would send them snaps, Snapchats oh, yeah. of shows, and I'm, I'm like, oh, this is great, and, all, and literally, literally all you hear is on their end, and I know all they're doing is like, just tap, 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 like super quick, get rid of, get, get rid of these things. I'm like, oh, I must have I sent 40, 40 of them out one night. I went to go see My Life with the Thrill Kill Cult, and this guy kept on feeding me drinks and drinks and drinks. I'm like, all right, cool, man, because uh, I bought him a ticket, you know, and um, we're hanging out, and... I remember uh, I was obsessed with the Thrill Kill Cult's uh, bass player because she was a really cute Asian. Yeah. But she really wasn't even cute. She was, like, kind of rough around the face or anything. But, like, for some reason, just because she was playing bass, it was hot, you know. And I'm like, I guess I was right in front of the stage my my ex-roommate. I guess I sent him tons of text my, or some, tons of snaps. He snapped me the next morning. He's like, hey, uh, did you get kicked out last night? Because... I'm, you were right up in that girl's face, like right in front of the stage, holding up your phone like a creep. I'm like, oh, I don't remember. And I do remember, I do remember uh, every time, I, w- I wasn't getting good reception in, uh, from my phone, so every time I'd send it, it would say, failed, failed. So I think that's why I, I uh, kept on trying to take tried, a bunch. Yeah. And once I left the facility that night, also, they all sent that, that happened to me once. Uh, <laughs> House at- of Blues is notorious for that. Your phone does not work in there. Please, cat, uh, jump on the table and hit the recorder. The cats are good. Um, that happens all like that used to happen at uh, the observatory in North Park. Oh yeah. What? This cat I've had for over fourteen years, maybe fourteen, seventeen yeah, years at least. An old cat. Yeah, she's old, and but she's cool, man. She's still cool. But uh, I got her. I, I never. I don't name. Cats, because cats are kind of dumb. I mean, I named her Timber now because she kept on knocking stuff over and didn't care. Mm. But like, um, when I was when she was a kid, I took her to the vet, and uh, the veterinarian, the vet was like, "Okay, what's your name?" I had to give her a name. And this is when um, in the news, uh, the uh, uh, Joan Ramsey story was big. So uh, like, what's the cat's name? I'm like, "Oh, uh, Joan Ramsey and stuff like that." So I named her after that little girl. And the girl looked up at me, the uh, nurse. She's like, "Oh, that's fucked up." <laughs> I'm like, so by law. Legally, her name is Jovanine Ramsey. Hot kitty. Yeah. I don't know what they say about heavy metal guys and fucking cats. Like Slayer and all those guys. They always have cats and shit on tour. You attack me. Oh, she's smelling so your beard. That life. <laughs> so, <laughs> that would be a good podcast, though. Just well, you screaming. <laughs> getting attacked by a cat? <laughs> yeah. You screaming a cat freaking out. I mean, out. I'm up for good content, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Not for cat scratches on the face, huh? I don't want to get cat scratch fever. Oh, ooh, yeah. All right. Oh, I wish I had now a fucking snare. <laughs> <laughs> and, and. <laughs> and. <laughs> Woo, Gotta end that on a high note. <laughs> Fuck, I remember when I was doing comedy, I always tried to, like, uh, you have to start strong and then strong, you know. And uh, 
I don't think I could ever do both either. You know, like I, just, I, I, I kind of slowly eased my way. I never really came right out swinging when I did the comedy uh, back in the day. I had a lot of fun doing it. My roommate right now, he's uh, he's a comedian. Uh, he's pretty well known, uh, Patrick DeGear. And uh, he's blind or le- legally blind. So uh, every once in a while I have to drive him around. His family and stuff has to pick him up and take him out of the shows and gigs. So, But some of his humor is about, about that. So it's pretty funny. I wrote a joke for him, though. Um, he yeah, he about, says it to an empty room. <laughs> yeah, I'll just just thing on. It's just one. It's just one guy with a recorder and people <laughs> laughing. You're doing great, son. <laughs> I'm your manager. Pay me thirty dollars. <laughs> Jeez, what a terrible audience. Uh, yeah. Oh, I forgot to hit the play. <laughs> but uh, yeah. <laughs> so I always uh, I do mess with him. I like uh, living with a blind roommate because uh, when he gets used to the furniture setup, I like to rearrange it. I rearrange it. Actually, uh, a couple weeks back. He took off and uh, he's cherry used to be over here. Yeah, I did. Um, he used to like yeah, I like to move things around, you know, yeah. uh, make it fresh for the blind guy. So, uh, but anyway, he um, he took off for the day, and I printed up a picture of this old man, naked old man, with like sitting on his chair, you know, like his butt crack or anything, like all muscular or anything. Yeah. And I framed it and I put it in his room and uh, and so when him and his uh, kids came over to visit and they're like. He didn't see it. <laughs> this kid's like, uh, Dad, what the hell is that? <laughs> so I always do that. I always like throw like little naked, you know, any, anything gross, you know. Yeah. I print it up and I throw it in his room. Like he has a, you know, he actually has a coffee mug. Uh, his girlfriend printed up for him, and it's a picture of him when he's younger, like more muscular and buff. He has a shirt off, and I'm like, I walk by the room, like, dude, what the fuck? You got a coffee mug with your fucking shirt off in it? You like a weirdo? And he goes, Oh, my girlfriend printed it so. What I was going to do is I took a picture of me and my shirt off, and I'm going to print it up and make a coffee mug out of it and replace it. And <laughs> It's like literally sipping out of me. I like that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I got a great photo of it, too, so I'm going to have to print it up someday do that up. But, yeah, he uh, he's uh, he's fun to listen to because uh, he's constantly uh, arguing and talking on the phone, and he's very passionate. He's a passionate Mexican. Uh, so, yeah, he's a... Uh, he talks loud, and it's kind of fun to listen to him sometimes. <laughs> all the arguments he has with his uh, ex-wife and all that stuff. So that's always fun. School getting out, there's just like an influx yeah, of kids. School is getting out. Oh, they had a half day today or something? Oh, it depends on what grade it is, yeah. but maybe. Because <clears throat> uh, I know my son gets out about 2. Yeah, it's 1 o'clock now, so yeah. Huh. Uh, depend- but like he goes in really early. He goes in at like 7, so... And well, he, uh, my roommate also has bad anxiety. He goes to the hospital like me and you used to do, <laughs> you know, go to check ourselves in the hospital and yeah. turns out it's nothing. Um, but yeah, and so this is a fun house to live in, you know, like, it's not good to live <laughs> with another person who's also equally, uh, you know, angst all the time and just like worried about, the, I don't know, I don't know where it comes from. I think mine has something to do with health. Every time I feel unhealthy or done, you know, like I don't work out, I just like, a, my body just like starts to working overtime and I'm like what, what, what's going on man am I having a heart attack I, I don't know how many times have I text you was like hey hey uh what, what's this what's this a sign of and I'm like freaking out I, all the time I don't think there's a number <laughs> that exists I, I, I've, I've had it so bad where like uh middle of the night I, I, I can't sleep you know I, I get up I have to go outside and walk around and I throw up but like I would like work myself up to, to a vomit I would like throw up but the, I would always to ease my my mind I'd I, joke about it a lot which you already know I'd laugh and joke uh, a little yeah. bit so I was I would videotape uh, on snap 
Snapchat, I would videotape myself throwing it up and send it to my friends. And I, like just my face and the projectile vomit on the on the concrete uh, outside. And uh, <laughs> so I would do that and, I just, and send it to my friends as a joke. And it kind of, for some reason, it helped me out a little bit. Yeah. You know, just give me a little bit of like, uh, like, haha, you know. Um, what, so when did you, when do you think you first got it? I know you said earlier that it first started thing? the caffeine, but like, um, when was the first, like, when you started noticing, like, oh, this is a thing that I'm having all the time? Like, this wasn't just a one off, this is now a thing. Uh,. A little bit, I think, had to do with, I think, uh, back when uh, me and Monique broke up, right? Yeah. And Because uh, we were together for 14 years. Yeah. And we were in, we lived out here in California for uh, six years together. You moved out here together. Yeah, we moved out here states. together. Yeah, from Michigan. And we moved out here and we lived together for six years and got engaged. And uh, so that's because I was thinking, well, this is what you got to do, right? Yeah. And uh, I had a ring and everything. And uh, so, like, uh, I remember I proposed to her in Costa Rica, on a, like, a, at midnight, you know? Yeah. The, the The box of the ring had a little, like, a dome light, like a refrigerator when you open it up, and it looked cool, so I had to do it yeah. at night, obviously. So it was all it was all like sweet and romantic. <laughs> Doing it during the day, like, there's yeah. a light, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, trust me. Check this out. Right. We'll go in the dark closet yeah, here and check it out. Go in this bathroom real quick. So, uh, yeah, and uh, so I did that, you know, and we got engaged. We made plans to get married in Hawaii in this waterfall and all shit like this. And then what happened, about three or four days, was it about three or four days before we flew out to Hawaii to yeah. get married? Yeah. That's when she says, no, I changed my mind. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. And uh, she was uh, starting to like and see this other guy at work, who ironically enough also had an eye problem and <laughs> slightly blind. He always had to wear sunglasses every night and day, you know? So, uh, and um, I'm like, oh. And it was such a weird, we all went to Hawaii anyway. Yeah. And it was a weird ass vacation because my brother, my mother, her brother and mother, and, yeah. and all this stuff went out there in some weird ass vacation uh, in Hawaii. And just like it was such a weird time. And then like uh, flew back and she moved everything out and that was it. And yeah. uh, I think around that time I was like, trust issues and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. For a little bit. Um, but I was drinking more and that's when I got my DUIs and <laughs> crap like that. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, and I'm like, ah, it's dumb. This is dumb. So I got over it and started dating again. And then, um, so I, I feel like I probably could have had anxiety issues around that time, but I was drinking, so I just drowned. You know, yeah, any yeah. kind of emotion or feeling, I was was gone. And then, um, uh, then I met Rasha, and we started dating very serious. Uh, she was uh, from Sudan. She was a refugee from Sudan. She lived in Egypt for 14 years, and. Sudan became a refugee here and uh, lived out here for five years before I met her and you know really beautiful tall thin black um, Muslim girl right and uh, so so everyone thought that was a weird mix of me short fat and stocky <laughs> and her tall thin and dark you know yeah and um, so uh, even my American black friends were like dude she's dark <laughs> I'm like yeah, well yeah <laughs> duh you know, Sudanese, and uh, but she, I didn't think about that. I just saw her as like Rasha. I thought, you know, yeah, she was yeah. cool. We got to know each other. Um, we started dating and it got serious. Uh, and then um, she, <laughs> this is the sucky part. And we were wanting to get married and have kids. And then she flew to Sudan for a month to visit her father, which she has not seen in several several years. And then she came, but comes back, 
And I'm like, hey, hey, what's up? Hey, hello, hello. And she's leaving me alone. I'm like, what's going on? And then all of a sudden she text messages me. Bam. I'm going to move back to Sudan to support my father. I'm like, I was heartbroken. I was like devastated. Because that was my, that was my, in my mind I was thinking, okay, this is the girl. This is the one. We're going to have kids. We're going to have be a whole adult life. And then, uh, <laughs> turns out she never went to Sudan. And my friends at the airport text me seven months after that happened saying, hey, I just saw her with her husband, seven months pregnant. Mm. I was like, a seven months pregnant? I'm thinking, that's when she broke up with us. She was already married and pregnant when she broke up with me. I remember she got her kiss. mail. She came over to the house to get her, my house mm. to get her <clears throat> mail. Yeah. And she wouldn't get out of the car and she was wearing like a whole muslin uh, gown yeah, thing. Yeah. And she wouldn't, she would kind of make sure because she, she was showing a little bit, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah, so she was already married and pregnant before she broke up with me. And I was like, I was like devastated. I'm like, oh God, they probably, in Sudan, they probably uh, married her off, you know, because she was telling me her family was bugging her all the time. She would change her phone number because her family back home was bugging her about marriage, about, you know, they're basically, she was 37 years old and needed to be set up right now in their yeah. culture. Their culture is very, you know, strict yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. and respectable for that. But like, uh, yeah, they just, they just all told her that uh, uh, marrying a Westerner is not a good idea if you're going to have kids and raise a family, you know, uh, they want someone more in their culture. And I guess this guy, the way that the, my friends described him was like, wow, she did not trade up. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, he, he looked like an old, maybe in his 50s, late 50s, uh, gray-haired white man. Yeah. But he spoke with an um, Arabic accent, so he was not actually from here, I guess. Yeah. You know? And uh, I go, okay. And uh, and I think they were flying out to Michigan, so he may have been, Dearborn's a really big hub <laughs> for Muslims and stuff like that. So I think that's where, you know, he may be, a, has been from. And, uh, but yeah, and... This old wrinkly guy, but the baby is cute, I guess. You know, mm. but uh, whatever. Um, I would have gave her twins. That's what she wanted. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Because she, she said she went to a psychic, and they said, "Yeah, you're gonna have twins by a." They said by a fair-skinned man with a bald head, and she's like, and point at me. Obviously, yeah, yeah. I'll shave my head or anything. I'm like, oh yeah, possibly. So, but that never happened. So I think all that kind of stuff just built up in my mind of making me feel like a low. <laughs> like pointless person in reality yeah and so I have since I had no control over the uh, emotional and and, and uh, relationship stuff I feel like in my mind I'm like oh I need to control my health my my um you know like I'm not talking about like physical fitness and all that stuff like that oh, just yeah, that yeah. but I'm talking about like you know heart attacks and strokes and just anything that some of the guys that my, are my age are starting to have already I'm like god damn I thought you got that shit when you got older you know but no some of these dudes and they're they're even younger than me and healthier than me like mid, mid 30s to 40s is when you're like yeah heart attacks aren't out of the realm anymore no and I'm like this guy I always thought he was healthy as hell you know him and I had the same thing we had sleep apnea and everything and he ended up having a heart attack when he was starting to work out and uh, he worked out way too much one day and had a heart attack and died and left a family of four and a really beautiful wife behind. So yeah. that was sad. That was horrible. That that, that actually it happened right when Rasha broke up <laughs> with me. So I was it, like devastated. It makes it a little more sad that like it might have been avoided. Oh yeah. With if it didn't text. work out. If you didn't no. Work, no, I mean kind of. But yeah. There, there's certain people who put, like they push things way too far. And that's what he did. He, he was on the bike too hard that day. And then it, it's you know they think that it's. It's healthy, and then it, like, and then it's like, no, man, you, you can't, like, not everybody can be, like, you know, top tier athlete. Like, you know, you have to, you have to like moderate yourself, and especially like if you're gonna go for it, 
you really need to talk to a doctor first of see where your body's at. Yeah. Because you can't just be like, well, I mean, that's how, I mean, like John Candy died trying to lose weight. You know, people go to the hospital all the time because they, they think that they're trying to do something healthy and they're doing it wrong. Um, like they're, they're dehydrating themselves and they're pushing it way too much and their heart just can't handle it. And then they yeah. fucking drop dead. It happens a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I would hate to think that my last moment in life is me on a bike uh, having that stupid song in my head from either like Rocky or Scarface, <laughs> push it to the limit, you know, I'm on, and then also, <laughs> that's my last moment in life is singing push it to the limit, dude, <laughs> soundtrack version. <laughs> like, no, I don't want that. Dying on a treadmill. But when do, when do you want your last moment? <laughs> I, uh, that, that is true. I, I remember one. How is it going to happen? I remember once when I was at the Warp Tour and Green Day happened to be there. And oh, I hope that wasn't going to be your last moment. That would be horrible. Uh, well, yeah. So I was, everyone that I went with, they all wanted to see Green Day. I didn't particularly care for them at the time. Not that I care for them now. But, but I didn't care for them. And I'm like, but I was going to stay and watch them. Because it's it's the Warp Tour. There's 30 bands. It's They're only going to play for about a half an hour. It's, it is what it, you know. Um, I'm like, what am I going to go stand off by a tent with no friends? Yeah. And so... I'm standing there with them, and all of a sudden, like, so there's two stages, because I don't think you've been to the Warped Tour, right? No, I don't like So, so there's, like, there's two there's, there's two <laughs> stages, and so what they do is, there's no real wait time. So one band, while one band is playing, the other oh, band okay. sets up. So as soon as one band stops, the other one starts playing. So it's back and forth. That's, that's the, not bad. It's a it's, cool setup. It, it's, I wish more festivals did it that way. They might. I don't go to too many festivals anymore. But then they also had like smaller stages, so there was always bands playing. So if you're in, they didn't tell you ahead of time the the lineup. You had to, like when you got there, there was a board, and then it would be like, all right, so and so is playing at eight p.m., and then they would run down the list of who's playing, and um, so you would look at it and you're like, okay, this band's playing side stage at you know side or the stage one at at five, and then so-and-so is playing stage two at 5.30. And then, like, you kind of start having to, like, pick and choose. You're like, you can watch both bands, but if you want to get a good spot, say, you know, No Effects is playing and then Rancid plays right afterwards, you got to kind of be like, well, who do I want to see more? And then position oh, okay. yourself. Yeah. So you can, like, I'll be watching Rancid from the other stage waiting for No Effects, and then once No Effects plays, it's like, I'm... So the stages aren't far apart from each other. It's not like who's it? You can still hear and see. You're just not right up front. Yeah, I you had to I mean you're kind I had of... to do that with Lollapalooza '92, I believe, and um, where like uh, I think it was a uh, because they had a big stage and a small stage, right? Yeah. And I went mainly to see Tool, but at that time Tool's pretty new and they're um, on the small stage. Yeah. So I had to make a debate, like okay. Do I go see... I think it was... Uh, I can't remember who was on the big stage when Tool was playing now. I guess it didn't matter to me. So, but like, yeah, you had to kind of go back and forth to see... I think Hum may have been there. I don't... I can't remember. Um, I don't remember who was on the lineup. But I do know the last few bands was Primus. Yeah. And I think uh, Allison Chains and that night uh, singer Lane Stanley got arrested, I think, for heroin, you know, in his room or something like that. Yeah. They, they were on him for a long time. And... Um, 
and I had Rage Against the Machine was there. A lot of cool bands were there. And but yeah, we kept on. Oh, Front Two Four Two. That was a cool band. Taking off. Yeah, I'll be back. All right, that was my my roommate. He's blind and dumb, and going <laughs> going through a divorce like a fucking loser. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I should have had him talk to you, man. Well, one of these days you have to talk to him. He's a pretty. He's a very good talker. He talks a lot, yeah. and he's very passionate. He talks uh, fast too, though. You know. So, um, but no. Uh, yeah, those are those are good shows. About the last. That was the last uh, big festival I did. I seen. So finish my story. Green Day. Oh, Green Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Tarantino style. I'm on the I'm on the side. I'm on the sideline. You know, and Green Day, like the other band is, is kind of wrapping up and then more and more people start showing up for the Green Day side. And then um, like it, it starts getting really packed mm-hmm. and people were kind of like pushing it. And it's like get, I started getting like claustrophobic. I'm like, eh, I don't really like. And so I tell all, all the people I'm with, I'm out of here. I'm going to go stand off to the side. I'm going to do anything else but be here. And. I'm facing the stage. I turn and take a couple steps and, you know, hey, what's going on, everybody? Everybody starts rushing. And I remember (laughs) just seeing a sea of these, like, transfixed, dumb faces staring at the stage, rushing. And, like, I couldn't breathe anymore because I was getting crushed. Oh, yeah. And I couldn't get through because everybody was rushing through. And my first thought was, I am not dying at a Green Day concert. And I literally, I started punching people. Punching your way out. I started punching my way out. Like, literally, swing I was into, just like, ah. Oh, swing into freedom. And the worst part was, well, not the, the worst, but, like, while I was doing that, it didn't seem to phase a lot of people. Like, I thought maybe, like, someone's going to try to fight me. Oh, yeah. Nope. <laughs> Babies, women. <laughs> you're, like, yeah. you're like fucking Anakin Skywalker. But, yeah, so there, there's been plenty of plenty of occasions where I thought I was going to die, and I'm like, I don't want to die here. Not that I want to die anywhere. Yeah. No matter, Even if I had the most perfect situations, that would be even worse, because you're like, no, this is too good. I don't want to die. Yeah. Now, I'm excited for the Pearl Jam show that we're going to go to, but I got to say, I don't normally go out anymore. I'm nervous of going out in crowds like, uh, I just don't like being, that's like a fear of mine, just being in a huge, huge crowd yeah. and something happened, you know, like a panic attack and I just don't like that. I, yeah, I don't yeah. like it at work. I don't like it anywhere. And so, yeah, I, I do get nervous. I know like the day of the show is when I'm like, oh, I really wish I never did that and I'm so tired. But then once the show's over, I, I'm thrilled that I did of, it. I'm course, glad, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, like, the last show we went to, together, uh, you checked yourself in the hospital because you thought you were, didn't you, go to the hospital right afterwards? Because you, you ran to the stadium from where you parked, and you were checking your heart rate, and you thought you were having a heart attack. Oh, <laughs> I went, I went for a different reason. It oh, did was, you? It wasn't, it was because, like, I fucked up my back. Oh. Okay, it, I thought it, you it were was, saying, like, no, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't for that because... I had like it was something actual uh, like I hurt my knee or back. I, I want to say it was my back. It was so insignificant. I didn't like. I don't even remember. But I remember like showing up, and um, I think I waited for a little bit and then took off. I don't even think. You oh. know, you know, it was one of those. Yeah. I love that you held off for the long as you could just to watch Pearl Jam and be like. Yeah, awesome show. I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> like, all yeah. right, I'm out of here. I'm going to the hospital. 
And uh, I was at no, I was actually that, with, was, that wasn't our last show though. Our no, last show our was together, fear. really. No, last show we went to together was Fear. Oh, we went to go see Fear again. Yeah, that's right. We seen Fear three times or twice. Twice. The first time was fucking the, awful. The, 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 yeah, <laughs> it was but, the most racist night I've ever been to. I was like, what the fuck is with this band? The second <laughs> night wasn't even any less racist. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. Yeah, in fact, we left after like the four or five songs. We were there mainly to see like uh, Last Gang and some other bands yeah, that came up there. I I went Last Gang was badass so. specifically to see um, <coughs> Last Gang. And then, I'm glad like, you got to talk to her too. Yeah, I like, love I, the fact that you were jealous of that little girl that taking up all your time. This little <laughs> this little inspiring uh, punk rock singer who first wanted to talk to another. Off, she wasn't a little girl. She was probably in her twenties. <laughs> Whatever. No, she was twelve years old. And, Not twelve. Uh, <laughs> maybe younger. I don't know. Uh, but the father was with her. I know that. And uh, that was her boyfriend. <laughs> Bull. That is shit. I heard him say, my like... daughter, I know that's not his pet name for her, right? You don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, he was like, my daughter wants to be a punk rock singer, and she's influenced, she loves you, and blah, 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 and she wants to ask you questions, and you're like rolling your eyes, like, fucking hurry up, I want to talk to this, you know. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> you're like jealous of her. She barely just got into music. Yeah, I've been into music for all my life. <laughs> my mother listened to them when they were, well, I was in the not, room. It, it's, it's, I don't know, like, they need to get special treatment. <laughs> yeah. Fuck them. Ageist. Yeah. Just because they're a little kid. I mean, I guess, whatever. Yeah. That's going to be a memory embedded for her for life. Maybe, or maybe not. Like, yeah. she might fucking forget. She might get in the, you know, other people later on and say, I, don't, I hate that band now. So, yeah, that was a good show, though. And again, thanks for the free ticket. That was amazing, yeah. man. That was awesome. That was a fun show. Uh, that was another night where I was still kind of like. In the midst of, I don't like going outside of my house, and I'm like, all right, so it, it does it does take a lot to me to even get out of the house. Got the UPS truck because I'm known for Amazon packages. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I gotta get rid of the Amazon Prime because uh, I'll constantly just. Buy stuff. Buy stuff for no reason. Stuff that I don't need. Yeah. Like, see that, you know, incense burner with the girl with the boobs? Yeah. Yeah. Smoke, incense smoke comes out of her nipples. Yeah. I don't need that. It's cool, but I don't need it. I mean, you don't need a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but with, yeah, uh, it helps me with anxiety, man, my depression. I, I but, get it. Uh, oh, and actually music does. That's one, that's one of my biggest joys. I've had about maybe... A good handful of songs in in movies, local filmmakers and stuff like San Diego here, and uh, they put them in some of their movies. Like uh, one is on DVD. I just got. I uh, was gonna show you too later, but uh, if you have time or not. But like um, Tony, uh, huh? yeah, one of his movies, uh, you know, made it to DVD there, and um, one of my songs is on there. Actually, they featured it twice, which is kind of cool. Huh. And I wanted to show people. I wanted to post it online, but. He put it, it's like, one, he, his movies, obviously, you know, his movies are very much like trauma-style films. Where very B-rated. B-rated, really cheesy, anything to show nudity and gore, right? Yeah. And they're fun, they're cool as hell, but, uh, yeah, and, uh, but I couldn't, I couldn't post the scene online because my song is featured when these four giant, um, obese women, I guess, are, 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 let's just say my-sized women, uh, women that are my size, are topless putting makeup on and dancing around in front of a mirror. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I can't really show that on Facebook. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So, show people what's going on. Yeah, but I was proud of it, nevertheless. Yeah. Hey, Mom, look at this. Your son. 
And uh, and that, that song was like a, a punk rock song I did years before that movie even was made. So I was like, hey, you want this? Because he was looking for something 80s style. And it was to me, he thought it was like an 80s, uh, he categorized that song as 80s uh, glam rock or something, like Poison. I'm like, really? And I go, to me, it was uh, 90s uh, the, when, when uh, butthole surfers started to get kind of crappy yeah and it was like that era of punk you know whatever you know that kind of thing but another friend of mine hears it and he hears guns and roses so i don't know you know people hear what they want to hear yeah and I'm like, all right but guns and roses in his own right kind of sounds a little bit ripped off of uh, sex pistols and stuff like that yeah, so yeah. you know it all comes from a little bit of punk yeah avenue but and then the other songs i do is more like a piano and some acoustic guitar stuff or more or you know i actually literally write it for this film or the you know this one film this guy put in the uh contest or film festival it's supposed to be a five minute film I have two songs featured in there and uh, and uh, you know they showed it in the theaters a couple theaters for two nights two or three nights so people well, probably 35 40 people that showed up for that event got to hear my song and he videotaped it because I was at work I didn't, he invited me to it I'm like now I gotta work and he, uh, he snapchatted it to me the whole movie because it's only yeah. five minutes and uh, <laughs> my song at the end I'm just playing acoustic guitar singing and uh, the credits are rolling, and I—it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek kind of humorous song, you know. Even though the the mood of the movie is depressing, and it's a dramatic movie, but the song itself it has kind of humorous value to it. And mm-hmm. uh, at the end, some of the song, some of the things that I said were kind of—it was funny. And um, and I, I could hear like like maybe six or seven people like, "What the fuck?" I think they were all like laughing at it. So I thought that was cool. I got a reaction. So it, that's the funnest thing I can probably do right now, and I haven't made much money on it. I I did what you did. I threw up a bunch of songs and albums on yeah. Bandcamp, and um, so like uh, I did that, and I probably made one hundred and eighty-six dollars so far. But then again, I didn't just put one album out. I put yeah, like like fifteen because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do. I write a lot of music. Yeah, I even throw out shit that uh that isn't even fully edited. I'll just play the guitar and yeah. sing stupid lyrics, you know. Like a John Frusciante style when he did his first two albums on heroin. Except <laughs> yeah. I was more, I was on uh, Benadryl and wine. <laughs> but uh, one of my greatest accomplishments was I got played on a radio station in New York. Oh, that's cool. New York, like New York City, and and I remember like tuning in and listening. Like I got to listen to it, and immediately following my song was an ad for suicide prevention. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see my uh, magnets on uh, my refrigerator, suicide. Yeah. 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 Uh, that, those were given to me by coworkers, each individual one, <laughs> coworkers, and they all know how I am and how uh, I joke about depression, I joke yeah. about suicide, so they... Uh, uh, like I said, when I actually feel something, I have to joke about it to make it not real, I guess. So something, you know. Yeah. When I feel like I have anxiety, I try to joke about it. Uh, you know, I'm going to die of a heart attack. Ha ha. You know, like, I know it's fake. Um, how many times lately have I texted you or to- told you, like, uh, I know what this is. You know, I- I'll just have to write it out. You know, kind of uh, better than the- when I first started not knowing or recognizing what the fuck I was going through. It's gotten you know? a lot better. So, yeah. Uh, I still get it. <laughs> things changed because I could go through my thousands <laughs> messages about like a rash oh yeah yeah dude i i, I get i get uh, on my hand i got like an itchy freaking i was like why am i fucking itching man and i go and i uh for a month straight forward itching for a month and uh and then my leg has that, that really weird red thing yeah and i'm like oh shit i'm dying of this is cancer this is aids this is everything you know everything yeah i, I could i could be a complete virgin <laughs> and be like 
fuck, dude, I had AIDS somehow. How yeah. the fuck did I get AIDS, you know? Um, and my friends... I knew joke, I shouldn't have watched that porno. My fr- yeah, <laughs> exactly. My friends uh, always, they know it. And they, every time I, I have something like, uh, like, oh, what's this red thing on my leg? And they're like, that's herpes or, yeah. uh, or uh, what do you call that, uh, syphilis. And I'm like, and that's our, my mind. Even though I know it's not real, mm-hmm. my mind just shakes and goes like, boom, that's what it is. And I freak out and I start looking up all these symptoms and all that, you know, I, I feel like I used to <laughs> be more normal. And then there was a time, I, I, I think I veer back and forth because there was a time when I was like, this is what it is, or this is what I most likely think it is. Yeah. And you you will always do this with me. It's like, hey, I have this wrong with me. Oh, it's probably nothing. It's this. It's, I'm dying. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> or yeah. the opposite of like, hey, something ha-. I'm like, oh, man, that's pretty serious. You should probably go to the doctors. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. like, I can't fucking uh, win. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but then I go to the doctors and they're like, oh, yeah, you got eczema. Yeah. I'm like, what? I didn't. Remember, I kind of knew what it was. I had, a lot of people I know have had that. You know, it's a seasonal eczema. Yeah, I'm like really. Yeah, you're dry and, and, and allergic to something. I guess it's the gloves that I wear at work. Yeah, and you know, and then, I, you and then I'm getting around my neck a little bit, so itchy all over, and like, oh yeah, that's eczema. It looks just like eczema. I'm like, all right. So now it's all going away because I'm putting the lotion on it and shit like that. You know. Yeah, yeah, I had friends and family members older. who had it. You know, I had it once. I had it a couple times in my life. You know, it comes and goes once in a great while. I'm like, oh, all right, good. But yeah, and that's what calms me down. Like, uh, I spent $35 for relaxation fee. I don't go to the doctors. I just spend $35 for the co-pay yeah. to make me relax. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, whatever works, but... I don't want to spend that kind of money. I'd rather have my mind go like, ah, this is nothing. I've been healthy. I've been not doing anything wrong. I've been good, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, my mind will go there no matter what, you know. Well, the bad thing is when you do have anxiety and if it's over anything medical... You ha- there's always the moment of, is this in my head or is this something I need to get checked out? Oh yeah, am I having a heart attack or is this anxiety? You know, I mean, I, if I you're having to... a heart attack, it's too late to really <laughs> worry about it. I guess. I remember when I was, you know, going to EMT school, and I had friends and my brother even said the same thing. They're like, they're like, you're gonna find out a bunch of stuff, and then you're gonna freak out all the time because you're gonna know more. But it was the opposite. Because I started knowing, but then the, the anxiety just switched lanes and went to different things. Yeah. So it wasn't as much of like, I'm going to have a heart attack all the time. It's now I'm going crazy or any other, you know, stuff that you, it, it's all about control. Yeah. And I know and that. It's what I, you I, can't I, control. That's what I imagine is for health for me, you know, and, and things I mean, like that. you can't really control a heart attack. Like, it's going to happen. Yeah. If it's going to happen, you know. Um, like food, the same thing. I ha- I overcook and burn my chicken because I am petrified of getting sick from food, food poisoning. I have no idea why. It's not gonna kill me. Well, I mean, like, I guess it could if you just don't ever take care of yourself I mean, and don't it hydrate. Could if, it, if it's bad enough, <laughs> yeah. but, but it's gotta I mean, be pretty damn bad. Yeah, and you're not you're not gonna have like some you know but also, bad but, but piece food of beef. Poisoning fucking sucks. It does. <laughs> uh, the next day, uh, dude, uh, you ever like throw up so much and then all of a sudden your uh, stomach feels like you got done doing 1,700 sit-ups in one set, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, God, you can't get out of bed. Like, oh, my God, they're all tense muscles. No fun. Yeah, fucking food poisoning sucks. So I get it. <clears throat> I've, I've been there. I've done the same for, like, cooking chicken. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, you know, for someone like me, someone who's scared to death of, like, uh, germs and diseases, you know. Well, not scared to death, but pretty scared. Yeah, yeah. 
But uh, I'm like you brought up the other day, like you know, for someone who's like that, I'm surprised you still fuck around with girls and shit like that that you don't know and things like that. I'm like, yeah, well, you're single. I'm 46 and I can only get it where I can get it, you know. But um, not really. That's my. But I, that's, I joke about it that way. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm trying to. Uh, well, well, I'd rather have a girlfriend than you know just a regular. Well, hey, yeah, you want to hang out? You know that kind of thing. But back in the day when I was single, when I was younger, I was a little bit more wild. Now I'm just like, I'm too lazy and old. Like, uh, hey, you want to come over? You live in IB. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, man, I got to put my shoes on. <laughs> I got to find parking in those streets. That sucks. I got to walk like four blocks to your house. Uh, you know, I'm thinking like, IB. So I'd rather stay home. My excuse is always, oh, I just cracked open a beer. So you don't even live that far from IB. Either. No, I was like a 20 minute drive if that. Um, it's still far. Like IB always surprises me, like when how far it actually is. Yeah. Because I think there was one time when I was in Chula Vista, uh, I was at a dentist appointment, and one of my good friends lives in IB, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm in the neighborhood," <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm kind of near." Uh, I was like, "You want to hook up, grab lunch, or hang out?" And he's like, "Yeah, swing by." And so I'm leaving. I'm leaving Chula Vista, and I hop on the freeway, and I'm like. Oh, yeah. It's still really fucking far yeah. away. Yeah. And it's like, so late at night, and I'm like, uh, my excuse is always, <laughs> I cracked open a beer, sorry, I can't drive uh, right now, you know, and things like that. And dude, I, since I lived in IB, I, for, I forgot oh. about this, but I, li- I lived at the end by the beach, and there's only two, like, technically there's only two exits to get off on Imperial Beach. It's like Palomar and Coronado. Oh, so it's yeah. like... There's the two main roads, right? <clears throat> so the the freeway exit to get off of Imperial Beach, because you know, like the ye old plank, yeah, used to go there. Like no, I, no I used to walk, service. I used that. to walk there, so it's. So like, I love it. You know what I mean? Like it's not that far from where I live. The plank is awesome, by the way. So you know what I mean? Like I yeah. live just right down the street, so I would walk, go anyway. Um, so to get off into Imperial Beach from the freeway, it starts at the fucking very beginning. Like, you turn <laughs> off, and it's like, welcome to Imperial Beach. Yeah. And then I would have to drive from the beginning to the very end oh, yeah. just to get home. And then the entire, like, that road is just a 25-mile-an-hour. There's a lot of traffic. It's yeah. Like, and uh, that has to be, a like, a death trap for DUIs, though. It, the plank and everything right there late at night. It's one of the few places I've ever like gotten pulled over. Like, yeah. which is why I always went twenty five miles an hour, and why I would walk to the plank. We could have driven. Yeah. It's only you know, it's not that. It wasn't that far. It was probably like four blocks or something. Um, we could have been lazy and drove, because one of us would have always been sober enough to to drive back. But, God forbid, like, why even fucking risk it when you can walk? Yeah, well, I wish I thought that way when I had my two DUIs, but uh, uh, yeah. whatever. I remember one night, though, um, I was, uh, I believe, under the influence, and I'm driving, and it's late at night, and uh, I pull up to this, I don't know exactly where I was, I was leaving my friend Eric's house, and he lived way out in the BFE, right? And um, so, like, uh, I was pulled up to the stop. Like, really far away. Huh? Yeah. He lived really far yeah. away. And, um... So I like, pull, I pull, buckle in, we're listening to an album. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, there's no radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we listened to the entire um, Faith No More uh, yeah. Angel Dust album on the way there. Yeah. Front and back. <laughs> Flip the cassette over. That's how old and long it was. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, it was like, um, I pulled up to the stoplight. I look over with my stupid drunk eyes, you know, and uh, 
there's this girl, this woman, and she's probably her 30s, and, uh, and an older lady next to her, I'm assuming the mom, and they're kind of looking at me smiling. I don't know if they could tell I was just like, you know, cook, yeah, I had yeah. like the cookie monster eyes, you know? Yeah. And um, so like, uh, and then, uh, and they're smiling at me a little bit, like, huh, and I pull up the next one, they're there, and then like, for some odd reason, I follow them, when they turn, I followed them into the, uh, this long driveway where there's a bunch of trees and stuff, and dirt road almost, and it was to their house. And I was so bold. I was so bold. I have no idea why. I get out of the car and just kind of sit by my car. And the woman comes out of the car. And the mom, she talks to her mom, goes up to the house. The mom, mother goes up to the house and stands at the doorway. And she turns to mom, I'm fine. So mother goes in the house, but I can still see her silhouette of her head looking through the doorway. Looking like uh, like the window of the, the mother's room and the window of Psycho. Uh-huh. So, you know, just sitting there. And um, so like, uh, and her and I start talking. She's like, whoa. What, what do you want? I go, like, I, know, I thought I was like, boy, I thought maybe we could fuck or some shit. You know, that's how stupid I was. And mind you, I was in my 20s or some shit, right? And so, like, um, and uh, she's like, looks up at the house and she, it was a semi, I guess. I'm, I don't know, it was prior husbands. I have no idea. Yeah. Anyway, uh, she's like, hey, all right, lay down by the behind this tire, you know, so it was a big tire blocking me. I lay down. She unbuckles and blows me, and that was it, and sends me on my way. I left. That was a. I never met her. Don't know her name. It was just some drunk guy follows you home, and you do. I'm like, wow, that was, that was her choice. That's what she wanted to do. Well, let her do it. All right. Women's choice, I say. And yeah, I did some stupid things like that. And one time, I went to Vegas. This is after me and Monique broke up, so I was heartbroken. I was ready to try to get back on the you know horse, so to say. And uh, my mother was out there in Vegas, and um, for, for some kind of convention or something like that. So hey, why don't you come out and see me? You know. So all right, cool. So I, I flew out to Vegas and seen her for the weekend. And uh, they go to bed early, you know, like 9.30, you know, and uh, they're a little older. And so it goes to bed early, and I'm, like, in Vegas. I'm just going to walk around and look at the sights and stuff and see stuff. I don't have any money or anything. I don't gamble. I don't like Vegas at all, actually. Yeah. And um, and uh, so, like, I'm walking around, and there's in Vegas, you go around, you sit on the bench outside for a while. You can almost see the entire city of town walk by, you know? Yeah. And I remember sitting there watching people go by, kind of depressed, you know, still from the breakup. And, uh... Uh, so, uh, this beautiful woman comes down the escalator. She was, she was black. She looked like Martin's wife a little bit mm-hmm. from the TV show Martin. She comes down the escalator. I guess my jaw dropped like, God damn it, like that kind of thing. And she looked at me and smiled and waved and instantly I think, oh, she's a working girl. There ain't no fucking girl going to smile and wave at me just, just because I'm a cute guy. Yeah. So I'm like, ah, fuck. And, uh, so she gets down and she comes and talks to me a little bit. I say, hey, how you doing? Well, you know, I'm fine, you know. Then, but I didn't want to be rude, but at the same time, I didn't want to waste her time. I'm like, yeah. hey, I don't want to waste your time or anything, but I, I'm not looking for a date, you know. And I'm not, you know, she's like, oh, you don't have to come at me like that. I'm not going to work for another hour anyway. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, all right. Uh, she's like, I'm going to smoke this joint. I'm like, I don't smoke or anything, but I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, she's like, why don't you come over? Want to walk to the up the strip there in this parking structure where there's nobody around? And I'm like, well, I don't smoke, but I'll have a beer. Yeah. So I went to the 7-Eleven, grabbed two foster cans, and we went upstairs to the parking structure. Hung out, and uh, I drink my beer, and she's doing her joint thing, and we're talking, we're talking, having fun, just joking around. And then, uh, you know, I go, ah, fucking go for gold. I told her about the breakup story, the Hawaii, the, you know, left at the altar type thing. Yeah. And she's like, oh. And then she starts going through her purse, pulling out these condoms. I'm like, I'm like what are you doing? She's like, I'm going to give you a gift or a little freebie or whatever, you know. And I'm like, I go, what? I go, so I'm looking for a condom. I'm like... You got you got condoms right there. She's like, oh, these are magnums. And I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm like, she sized me up. I'm like, motherfucker. And she's like, no, no, I mean, I'm looking for a special one. I'm like, uh-huh. And she finds it. I guess it's a flavored condom, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right. So I was nervous because I'd never been with, like, a working girl before, right? And uh, But I still kind of wasn't because I wasn't going to pay for anything, you know? So, like, um, it wasn't a legal, tra- legal illegal transaction or anything, so... 
So she uh, pulls down my pants right there and starts... Wait, it's it's legal there, though. It, probably, but in my mind, it's still kind of, like, <clears throat> wrong morally, you know? <laughs> so, like... Yeah, um... I can see you kissing your crucifix. <laughs> I'm sorry, <Lord. laughs> while, while, while I'm getting a blowjob or something. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Hail Marys. <laughs> so, uh... Anyway, and I'm, I'm thinking like, hey, hey, I'm like, where's the condom? Did you put the condom? I'm freaking out like she has a disease, you know. I was I was brought up in that time. Yeah, like, yeah, no. If you have more than three sex partners, you have a disease, you know. Yeah. So like, um, and uh, and and she's like, she kind of slaps slaps my ass, like, stop it, you know, like, oh. Yeah, yeah. And then it turns out she had the condom already in her mouth, and she rolled it over like a professional. I'm like, ah, oh, that's clever. Yeah. And uh, I remember I was remember thinking about that for a while, like that is really clever. I never had that happen before, but anyway, she does she does her thing. Had a good time, done, finished, and then I was like, "Well, that's very nice and kind of you, ma'am. Thank you." And so um, we were talking, and I mentioned my birth date, and she's like, "Wait, wait, what? July twenty seventh, nineteen seventy three? I'm like, "Yeah, shut the fuck up." I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "That's my birthday too." I'm like, "Same year, same date, everything." I'm like, "No," and we both got our IDs out. Sure enough, we were born the exact same day, same year. Wow. And she's like, "Fuck work tonight. Me and you are gonna get drunk. We're gonna have a good time." I'm like, "All right, fuck it." So. I don't have much money. She was buying me drinks, buying me drinks, hanging out, talking at the clubs, or, or we went more in the old folks where the old folks gamble. Yeah. A lot of, you know, these casinos where most of the older people go. It was a little bit more alone at the, in that area. And uh, she's like, you want to you wanna go get a hotel and fuck? I was like, I was thinking, oh, man, at any moment she's going to have some guy come out, you owe me, you know, and beat the shit out of me. I'm yeah. like, I don't have any money. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. So she's yeah. not worry about that. She pays for the cab. She pays for the hotel room. Fuck. Whether Con was on do her thing, and uh, I remember calling my mom. Hey, mom, I'm not gonna come home tonight. I ran into a friend. Listen to this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like ball slapping. Like, sounds like a wet boot stuck in mud. Just <laughs> so um, we uh, we got like a. Put that on. I, I met a friend. And she's like, okay. She sounded kind of skeptical on the phone. She knew it was up. You know, like be safe. I'm all right. Yeah. So anyway, um, and we did it, and then she uh, paid for the cab ride to my mother's hotel, and that was it. And I realized I had a prostitute pay for me, and that was a pretty good story. That got me off. That gave me a little bit more confidence after the breakup. I was thinking, she was my guardian. She was an angel yeah. sent, sent down to help me out through this hard times. <laughs> you know? So she's my blowjob angel. It would be amazing if it was a real angel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I died, and you know, I haven't actually exist. <laughs> haven't actually exist. I, I go up, and they go, hey. Hey, did you like that? I'm like, hey, oh, gotcha. It's like, thanks, buddy. Thanks, God. <clears throat> yeah, so, uh, yeah. So I, I had times like that in my life, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. There's like three times where I've literally ran into a girl, like, after, like, last call type thing, you know, and um, not even know each other and literally just either have sex or blowjob for no reason, and that was it. Like, been three times in my life that this actually happened. Yeah. I was like, whoa, what the hell? Some of these, like, I always thought, this is a guy's mentality, but no, girls, they, fuck, they don't care. They're just like, hey, if they're horny, they want, if they want to make the choice, they're going to do it. Yeah. And respectable to that, you know? So, yeah, and so little things like that always gave me a little anxiety because I've always got worried about, oh, am I going to have this now? Is this going to happen? And so... Yeah, I get anxiety about that. That's why I don't really regularly uh, try to find women. <laughs> I just usually, I'd rather find someone, meet someone, date them, court them, you know, the old-fashioned yeah, yeah. way, and uh, then go to the hospital and get tested before we do anything type, you know, the, real, the old-fashioned way. <laughs> it's like, hey, baby, could you take this little uh, <laughs> this little uh, uh, test before we do this? Could you pee on this? <laughs> I mean, I get it, though. It's, it's 
when you're single and pull out the rubber gloves. Well, these days it seems like it's dangerous, more dangerous than ever. Like there's so many weird stuff out there that I Google and tells me it's actual factual stuff. You know, if you sneeze, that's a sign of herpes or whatever. You know, <laughs> everything's a sign of something. I mean, generally, the, the worst. Maybe I shouldn't even tell you. Well, you probably already know this. <laughs> the worst, the worst thing is most things are the same signs as a cold. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I <laughs> it's know almost that. always I know like. I know that. Do you, like one of the main like you have a fever. Yep. Uh, I, so that is my nightmare. When I have something wrong with me, I'm like, is this something simple? Yeah. Or is this the last you're gonna hear of me? <laughs> yeah, dude, the same thing happened when my uh, my hand. Obviously, there's no uh, no uh, difference between them, and there's always it would, uh, no rash or anything, right? And but of course, when I'm like itching and scratching, like fucking this eczema or something like that, these gloves are irritating me, you know. And uh, and the funny thing is, I had three or four other coworkers say, like, dude, I, I, I get that too. Every once in a while, you know, at work, wherever I'll scratch my hand for. Hours and hours yeah, yeah, and days, like, especially if you wear gloves a lot. Yeah. And, and uh, so, like, oh, okay, you know, this made me feel like a little more relaxed. But then some asshole said, oh, I can't remember what he was talking about. Oh, syphilis. He said, oh, yeah, syphilis is going around big in San Diego now. I'm like, what? What? Uh? And then he's like, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, first, uh, there's several stages. First, you uh, you have these soreless whatevers, and then some, and then it goes to your hand, a rash on your hand and feet. And then it goes up and makes you blind and, you know, whatever he says. And I'm like, what? And I start thinking about my itchy hand. So I was constantly for, like, four or five days staring at my hand looking for some kind of weird rash. <laughs> Is it a rash? Do yeah. I have this? And uh, and then, like, uh, I look at I even looked up to calm me down. I was like, I go, does the uh, syphilis rash uh, uh, itch and stuff like that? It's like, they go, generally does not itch. It has, it, you don't even feel it. It's just a rash in your hands and feet. Yeah. I'm like, I go, oh, thank God. And then it literally said... Itchy palms are usually caused by eczema. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, and you know, or allergies and stuff. Yeah. And I was and then I start backtracking, like I haven't really been doing, I haven't did anything with anyone, you know, different in forever. You know what I mean? But then again, I have that trust issue with women because I've had two women that were gonna be my wife cheat on me. You know, <laughs> like yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. You know, I always think ah, I don't trust this. You know, so. And uh, yeah, so I was always worried about that, and uh, you know, so yeah. And it's funny because I'm thinking like I know I don't because I don't do anything I haven't done anything in a while in my back of my mind like uh, can you get this this way can you get, you know that kind of thing I'm like oh, so stupid yeah so I'm done with that I, well, I I physically and mentally know these things aren't true but my mind and anxiety causes me to believe they are yeah <laughs> for some reason I don't I don't get it I'm trying to deal with it but it's you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard thing no to reason. get over. Uh, Like, I know for me, something that helped was just, I don't know, accepting it. You gotta pick up your son, yeah. Uh, Just (coughs) accepting it of like, well, if something's gonna happen, me worrying about it is not gonna change the fact that I already have it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you just go get it taken care of or something, you know? Yeah, you try to get it, like, you try to get it taken care of or, you know, uh, because I remember one of my big fears was like passing out in public. Oh, yeah, I got that. I and get that. I was yeah. like, what if I pass out? And I remember my therapist told me once, she's like, man. Actually, it's probably better if you do pass out in public. They got people to help you. No, I, I, I rationalized <laughs> that as well. They embarrass it. Well, I just don't it. want to pass out. It's the yeah. same thing as food poisoning. I just don't want fucking that. But, but <coughs> now, 
like as I've gotten more knowledge and been like around the medical field, it's like you're going to pass if you're passing out, you're passing out for a reason. Ninety percent of the time, it's going to because you're dehydrated. It's generally never not. You know what I mean? Like people pass out for different reasons. Don't get like there's diabetics and yeah and things like that. But for the most part, like when you're passing out, it's because you haven't drinking water in three days. Like it's it's been you've been drinking just beer and it's hot and fucking yeah. It's it's generally something dumb like that. But she was just like, oh well. She's like, well, how, you know, how many times have you passed out? None. How many times have you worried about passing out? A million. <laughs> you know. So there was a weird, <coughs> weird moment when I used to think I was gonna pass out all the time, and then one day it was like I was in a store. And it was like, all right, I feel like I'm gonna pass out, and then it was like instead of panicking, I was like, all right, I don't know, pass out. Don't stand around sharp corners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and then it was, you know, I'm like, if you feel really woozy, just sit down. And it's like, okay, went about my business. And it's like, okay, I'm not going to pass out. I feel okay. And then that was it. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's kind of that. It's, it's, it's easy. It's, it's hard once you're already in a tailspin. When, you know what I mean? Like, if you're... If you're in a tailspin and then you decide, I think I'm gonna try to eat like even out the plane. If you're probably not gonna, you're crashing into a mountain. Yeah. You know what I mean? But as opposed to if you start, it's starting to go down, tr- fighting with it. Because once you've already gone, like you can't. It's hard to bring it. It's hard to reel it back. Uh, it's it's stopping it when you feel it starting to come on because with anxiety. One of the most disheartening things my therapist told me was, it's never going to go away. And I was like, oh, Sweet. why am I? And, but <laughs> you learn how to control it. It becomes less intense. It become like, they become less, they Frequent, become infrequent. Yeah. And when it does come, you notice it and you're like, nah, and you go on. Why I, I stopped having anxiety for like years and then it showed its face in my sleep. So oh, I, I would get like wake up for no reason. I would get like I don't know S- night sweats. I don't want to say like night terrors, but like I would just pop up out of my sleep, having panic attacks, and then I would like kind of look around. You literally hear your anxiety laughing at you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, would, I would look around and be like, okay, I'm safe. This is nothing's going on. Take a deep breath. Fall back asleep. You're fine. Yeah, yeah. But it was my brain being like. It's like, oh, okay, you you know how to trick me while you're awake. I'm gonna fuck with you while you're asleep. <laughs> yeah, I had I had that happen before, and I could have sworn somebody was in the room with me. And at the back of my door, I put a, a, a hanger, right? And for some reason, it's it's a white door. And you can kind of see it glow from the moonlight, you know. And I put my uh, robe, I had a robe, and I just hung it back there. And I, I'm like, it never was there before. But that night, I woke up and I look at the thing, and it looked like a fucking demon just standing right in the doorway. I'm like. What the fuck is that? You know, like, and I realize I play. Oh yeah, this is my robe. I yeah. do that. My biggest thing is like, okay, am I having a heart attack? Is this something going on, or is it just anxiety? Or now I got this new one. I just thought of is, or is it something serious and it's causing me to have anxiety? And I believe it, it's just anxiety, but I'm not getting it checked out. You know, because like, you know, if I actually did have like oh, oh, symptoms of a heart attack or something, and then all of a sudden that caused my anxiety to go crazy, and I just pass it off as, ah, oh, it's just anxiety. That happened to me not that long ago um, when I had my appendix 
oh, taken yeah. out. I, I think it just this. Yeah, I kept I kept bl- not blowing it off, but I was like, uh, when it when I first started feeling symptoms, I was like, um, I ate too much and I ate too fast because it just felt like a sharp pain in my stomach. I was like, uh. I, I get that. Yeah. And then, um, as the night went on and it was like rearing its ugly head, I like I I was having like my first thought was I had food poisoning, and then my second thought was I think this might be my appendix, and then. As the night went on, it was no, this is definitely my appendix. I need to go to the doctor. This fucking sucks. Yeah. Well, same thing. Like, okay, this girl that I uh, used to, her and I used to hook up every once in a while because when she was single, going through a divorce, you know, that kind of thing. Um, uh, miracle. Yeah, she was the Japanese woman that used to live upstairs for me. Went mm-hmm. back in the old uh, old town there, and like, uh, anyway, uh, she had braces on and all that stuff. I guess she was excited. She just got them off. Hey. I'm gonna come over and show you my my teeth. You know, I got my braces off. Excited, she wants to hang out. Like in the middle of the day, I'm like, come on over. She comes over and you know, granted, she was seeing this one guy at the time, right? She was living at his house. He's a nurse. This actually corresponds to the story. He had one arm mm-hmm. and a you know a fake arm, and uh, but she was telling me that they weren't really seeing each other and all this stuff like that. Turns out later, I find out they actually still were, or he thought they still were. But um, she comes over, hanging out a little bit, and in the middle of the day, she kind of looked around. She was, she was excited. She's like. Want to fuck? I'm like, uh, sure, I guess. And so we did it. And I remember once she told me she was allergic to certain brands of uh, uh, condoms. And all of a sudden, right after we'd done it, she started beating sweat all over her forehead, just beating, beating sweat and getting dizzy and having to relax her head. And I was like, oh shit, did I wear the wrong kind? I thought maybe she had that. She's like, no, 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 they're, they're the right ones. She's like, I don't know, I've just been tired and maybe I'm this and that. I'm like, okay, so, so let me just relax. I'm like, all right. She didn't want to go to hospital. She didn't have insurance and all that stuff like that. It's like, all right, cool. So hours and hours would go by, and I'd check on her, and then she'd start yelling for her dog, and I'd be like, you're not home, your dog's not here, you know, like, uh, she didn't know where she was, she was throwing up, yeah. she was all dizzy, and then my friend, my roommate, comes over, and I go, dude, we gotta take her back home, she wants, she has to go home, and she wants to go home, and uh, I was thinking maybe the, her ex-boyfriend or boyfriend, whatever, could, he's a nurse, he can maybe look at her, stuff like that, but she didn't want to go to the hospital, so I drove her in her car while he followed me. And she yeah. didn't live that far at the time. So pulled up in this strange house, middle of the night, maybe 2 in the morning. And um, <laughs> she, he thought she had the flu. We, all, we both actually thought she had the flu because she was just sweaty and vomiting yeah, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. So, and, uh, so we're, we had like oven mitts on, you know, holding her and stuff. We didn't want to get sick. And um, so we get her, we get her in her uh, house, and he goes, "I I gotta go in there. It's two in the morning. She looks like we just bringing home a drugged up bitch or something." I'm like, "No, yeah. no." So I get in there, open up the door, and her bedroom's right next to the garage, and just her dogs barking, yelping, yelping, yelping. All of a sudden, the light from the stairwell turns on, and I see a silhouette of a guy, her boyfriend, or at the time. Running downstairs with the fit, false arm flopping, <laughs> like it, it looks so. Everything was so surreal. I'm like, oh my god, this is so fucked up. And because um, <laughs> I remember her while we were uh, doing it, she's like, she said the funniest thing. I, but she was serious. Uh, she said, "Oh, it feels so good to have two human hands around me." <laughs> uh-huh. I'm like, oh, that's so fucked up. Anyway, um, so anyway, uh, so I took her. And I told him, hey, yeah. He goes, hey. He, he goes, I told him my name. He's, he heard of me. She mentioned me. He's like. Oh, hey, Kurt, what's up? You know, hey, very friendly guy. And he's looking at her, checking her out and stuff like that. And uh, I just want to, and the parents come down, everyone. I'm like, oh, fuck, this is so crazy. And I, so I just got up and we, I left. And the next, that night they took her to the hospital and she had a stroke. 
right, or something like that. And she was like a walking, ticking time. And they found another couple air pockets in her brain. They had to extract. So she was in the hospital for like three or four months. Couldn't walk. She had a. Uh, they had a, her family eventually picked her up. Uh, flew out from Japan and picked her up and took her back home. Yeah, because she wasn't really gonna be. She needed help, you know. Uh, and so um, she survived, which is good. And uh, you know, she couldn't walk. She had to use railing. It took her a long time to do all this stuff. And I was kind of helping her out a little bit here and there, doing whatever I could. It was sad. It was horrible. But uh, and um, I my I was doing comedy at the time, so my stupid comedic mind was like, that's sucks because she just got her teeth straight and now her eyes are crooked you know and like I, I was so, it was the dumbest thought but i was thinking that's kind of funny i could use that on stage yeah, but yeah. Uh, anyway i don't want to do that. i don't think i ever said that uh to a human soul but like uh and uh i felt bad about it I'm like but i think like i think about that and it freaks me out because all of us are like taking time bombs where we could be we could have that any moment and I think that's what kind of triggers a lot of my anxiety. It's just like something, a feeling, a weird feeling like she had. And it was literally right in front of me, like seconds after we had sex. My For several months, I thought I was the cause, you know, because I was yeah. like, dude, am I really good at sex or just fucking awful? Am I yeah. that bad, you know, or I don't know what. So, uh, and I, I told that to a girl one time and she was like, fuck, I wish my husband would give me a stroke. <laughs> you know, like, well, I don't think you want that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I think that's where it comes down to. That's kind of, maybe that's where it pinpoint where it started my mind uh, getting locked in on uh, fear and, and anxiety. Like, because it happened right in front of it, it. Actually, I didn't have sex for several years. <laughs> like a yeah. few years afterwards, I was just like, nope. <laughs> like, no, I, like, uh, I, I, I couldn't even get hard. I, nope, sorry, babe. Not going to happen. I didn't like the thought of that human connection for a while yeah <laughs> that that does screw with your mind when you literally see someone almost die and have a stroke right in front of you like ah, i don't like this i think that's one of the things with anxiety is is playing detective and figuring out okay what bothers you and what's the root cause of this because as far as i know now like there's there's always something it's it's generally never like nope I just have it because yeah. I, I thought that way for a long time, but it's no, there's a reason why I don't like, you know, I am focused on control. I'm focused on certain things. And, and then there's certain people who just have panic attacks and it's, it's over nothing. Like yeah. they're not, it's not a health thing. It's just, they're, they uncontrollable desire to freak out. <laughs> well, yeah, they're just like, Oh God, I can't breathe. And they feel horrible. And, um, but I, I think figuring out what the root causes are helps a lot. It doesn't get rid of it, but it helps yeah. because then you can start being, you can, <coughs> you can pinpoint it of like, okay, I can stay away from these situations or I can work on it or I can yeah, just work on it. Yeah. Well, as you can tell now, like, um, this is how I always sit down. I always kick my legs, but you know, yeah. wiggle my foot and nervous like always. It's probably annoying, but <laughs> I love it. It keeps me. I do this at work. I'll just shake my leg and foot constantly. They're like, "Dude, are you nervous? What's going on?" I'm like, no, this is how I. This how I am. <laughs> but yeah. Yep. All right. Well, I know you got to get going for your yeah, let's son. Let's wrap this up. I. Uh, I appreciate you sharing and letting me meddle in your business. That's no, no big deal. I know it wasn't incredibly interesting or talkative, but oh well. Yeah, you couldn't couldn't get a word out of you. <laughs> Pretty much.